Welcome to EIU Panthers Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. As we bring you episode 22 of EIU Panthers Podcast Series, EIU Athletics would like to wish everyone a very happy holiday season. Today's guest is former Eastern Illinois pitcher Matt Wivenis. Wivenis pitched two seasons for the Panthers after starting his career at Kansas State. He had a very interesting path into professional baseball and was recently selected with the second pick in the Major League Baseball AAA Rule 5 draft. Wivenis talks about his opportunity with the Texas Rangers, his time with the New York Yankees minor league system, and much more on today's episode. Want to hear more episodes of EIU Panthers podcast? Then be sure to like and follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. EIU Panthers podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio podcasts. EIU Panthers podcasts are brought to you by Consolidated Communications. Visit Consolidated.com to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business. Consolidated Communications, a proud sponsor of Eastern Illinois Panther Athletics. In AIU Panthers news this week, fall semester grades are in, and the Panthers once again produced in the classroom, with all of EIU's intercollegiate teams posting a team grade point average over 3.0 with a department GPA of 3.48 for the fall semester. 109 student-athletes posted a perfect 4.0 GPA during the fall term. For the latest in EIU Athletics news, visit us online at eiupanthers.com or be sure to follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to today's episode of EIU Panthers podcast with former EIU baseball player Matt Wivenis. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're joined today by former Eastern Illinois pitcher Matt Wivenis. And Matt was picked up recently in the Rule 5 draft, so that'll be one of the things we, we talk to him about today. But first of all, thanks for joining us on the program today, Matt. Yeah, no problem. Pleasure to be here. Well, I guess we'll, we'll start right with that. Uh, um, we, we talked right before we jumped on here. Congratulations. You were selected in the Rule 5 draft, and I, I think most people are – hear that term rule five draft and every once in a while you'll be watching a game and you hear a hear an announcer talk about this guy got picked up that way so I guess for those that are ignorant on baseball maybe explain a little bit what that is and maybe how that impacts your career now uh well it is pretty complicated um I didn't fully understand it before it happened anyways but it's basically from my understanding a way for other teams to uh pick players out of other teams, minor league uh, organizations and kind of help them, I guess, boast their career and not be kind of left down in the minor leagues with another team and kind of give you a second shot, I guess you could say, with another team and hopefully uh, giving you a better chance to get to the big leagues as well. Okay. And then for you, I know there are, I didn't know this, this was, this was news to me. I kind of knew about the major league rule five draft, but there is a, a minor league version of that as well. A triple a AAA version, they call it. And it, you, that's the draft you were selected and you were the, the second overall selection in that. And you were picked up by the, the Texas Rangers. So how does that, how did that process work? Is that something I'm, I'm assuming you have an agent or a, somebody that's helping you do, do some of these things. Was it all, negotiated with them or did you have some say maybe in in your availability uh well the, the reason that you become available is if the your current team which was the yankees they didn't protect me uh which means put me on the 40 man uh when when they don't protect you that means that you're available to be selected which i was by the rangers so um 
the rule five big league draft means that you get the big league invite to spring training and then you have to make their big league team uh for the full year and if you don't if they decide to cut you then you go back to your original organization which would have been like the yankees if i was selecting the major league side but the triple a rule five is almost kind of like getting traded kind of okay when they when they pick you up in the triple a uh, you basically become what I am arranging now for good rather than uh, the big league side where you you could possibly come back to your old organization. Okay. And then when you, you talk about that, I, I'm assuming at the AAA level, which means that you're slotted to to at least start somewhere in the minor leagues with, with the Texas Rangers. Are you guaranteed a, a spot on their AAA franchise or do they just have to put you somewhere in their minor league system? I believe it's the, just somewhere in the minor league. I don't know if they have uh, they have to put you somewhere, but usually, from what I've been told by friends and other people in the Rule Five, that they said that you know if you're at least you'll go to where at least you were with the other organization, hopefully higher. But um, if I started in AAA, that'd be very nice, I and mean, I'll be looking forward to that opportunity. It's just kind of I guess at their discretion what they or what they want for you going forward. Now, for you guys, baseball is is it's literally right around the corner. I know that's hard to say when everybody has gone through COVID and, and a pandemic. Um, but last year, you were in the minor leagues, and and I don't I think people are aware of this, but maybe they're not. Is to my knowledge, there was no minor league baseball played at all last year, but a handful of players maybe did like an extended spring training where they at least worked out um, with the franchise. I don't know which of those two categories yeah. you've fallen into. I was uh, I did not work out with them afterwards. I'm not sure how many people were invited to stay or anything like that. I know uh, one of the you know, other uh, Eastern Illinois grads, uh, Jimmy Govern, I think from what I've seen on Instagram and some of his posts, it looked like he did some of those workouts with the Royals after spring training. But I believe it was like March 22nd, I believe, that they sent us home from Florida. So they sent us uh, back home. So I drove back to Chicago after that. And then, like, the other thing people don't – they always see the, the glitz and glamours of the guys that, that make it to the big leagues, and I don't know if they understand the uh, the toils that, you know, minor leaguers go through, and especially from a financial standpoint, you've had uh, – you're not making enough, you know, playing professional ball yet. The, the hope is that you do that. So you had to go home and, and get a job. I know you you were just getting off your job when we, we jumped on the podcast. So what, have, what did you kind of do to occupy your time over those last eight or nine months? Uh, right when I got back, uh, I actually I took about a month off, and then I actually did a decent amount of lessons and you know pitching, hitting, fielding, anything that some of the the kids around town wanted to do. And then as school started a little bit, and the uh, baseball seasons around here kind of stopped too, so there was less and less uh, lessons. So I joined actually my family friend owns a asphalt and concrete company. So I just kind of help him around the, the workshop and stuff like that. Kind of learning some of the, the blue collar work that, that people do. So it's, it's fun though. I'm grateful that they gave me a job, helped pay the bills, you know, just bought a house a couple months ago. So got to make sure I don't slack on the mortgage. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I, I worked in minor league baseball for, for two years before I kind of got into the, the college side and I'd always talk to those guys. And I was the, the last year I worked at it was a double a, and those guys were making, this is 20 plus years ago. They were making okay money per month, but then they would talk about 
you know, I'm going to go home. One guy I know, he went home and he dealt cards at an India casino and just, just <laughs> the interesting things that you don't think that these ball players have to do to kind of make ends meet. Oh yeah. I mean, some, some baseball players are fortunate to have a uh, nice little bank account when they get drafted and, you know, get a decent amount of money that can hold them over. But since I wasn't uh, drafted out of college, I didn't get any, you know, signing bonus or anything like that. So I've been, been able to scrap and basically pay my way through the minor leagues and kind of keep myself available to playing. I know a lot of people have to end their careers early when the money's not coming in sometimes. So I'm doing everything I can to, to leapfrog and get to the big leagues. Now you talked about that. You have, you had an interesting start in order to get there. You had a, um, you know, a, a decent career here at Eastern Illinois. You, you came in as a transfer, you went back. And if I'm remembering it exactly right, I think because you weren't drafted as a, a senior eligible player and didn't sign a free agent contract, you went back and I, I think pitched a game or two and like, the college summer leagues and then we're fortunate enough um the frontier league team evan in evansville they actually signed you to your first professional contract yeah actually so i, I came back and i played for the dams uh for one game and then it was july it was like it was late june i actually had to pay for a tryout i went to uh <laughs> lafayette i went to lafayette indiana to i think i had to pay 100 200 bucks to go try out or do a little showcase for them and it was the Evansville Otters, uh, the Joliet Slammers, and I, th- I believe the Arizona Diamondbacks were there too. But uh, <laughs> during the the tryout, I was the I was one of the last people to pitch, and unfortunately, there was a tornado that was starting right, right oh, in wow. the middle of our game. So I had to uh, I didn't even get a chance to throw in the game at the showcase. So I had to go to Joliet and do a private showcase for him, just throw a couple hitters. And luckily, uh, Evansville gave me a call and that was the beginning of uh, a long, long journey. Now from there, I think if I think if I, if I do my timeline correct again, you finished that year in the frontier league with Evansville. And then because you had a very good year there attracted enough attention that the New York Yankees signed you to a free agent contract. How, how did that conversation go? I mean, you, you kind of signed at what I would consider an odd time of the year. It was over, you know, in, in the winter time or in the, in the fall, is that a, is that normal? Is that happen more often than people think, or are you kind of an oddity from that standpoint? It it definitely took me by surprise. I know that in the the playoffs they had a couple of scouts scattered at some of the games, and the Evansville coach gave me a call after the season was over, saying that you might be getting a call from the Yankees, and so I was like, okay, you know, it's kind of strange because our, you know, I'm, I believe that their season was over at the time too. So I didn't think that they were doing any signings, but um, I just learned a couple weeks ago, actually, that I was one of the first signed by the Yankees from independent ball. So it was kind of a cool little fact that I didn't even know, but yeah, I was definitely taken, taken for a, a ride when they said that they wanted to sign me. And of course I was, I went out and bought a Yankees hat the first time, the day of that they told me that. So it was uh, pretty cool to hear them call. Now for you, so then you you start your official minor league career with, with you know, professional baseball, the way people recognize it, not that the Evansville and the Frontier League are, are not professional baseball, but when you're thinking pro baseball, people are thinking of the 30, 30 plus teams, 30 teams in the major leagues, and and that's who you're affiliated with. You start with the yeah. Yankees, you start near the, the, the bottom of the, the pecking order like everybody does there. 
what was that experience mm-hmm. like for the very first time when you went on and, and put on that that New York Yankees, you know, minor league uniform? It was a dream come true. You know, everybody in college works to be able to at least get a shot with any of the organizations. So, I mean, the Yankees have been, you know, one of the most dominant franchises in sports history, I would say, or if not the. So putting on those, you know, those pinstripes and that uniform was pretty cool. And just for me, not having a place to play at after college and not really, I mean, I had the choice to either hang up the spikes or go play for Evansville. And Evansville, obviously, was the right choice. It really, uh, it was really cool just being. Able, I mean, I, I played at the beginning of my career. I was just saying, okay, how long can I play? This is pretty cool. And then I was fortunate to do well. And then I kept on moving up and moving up. And then I kind of said to myself, I was like, okay, so this is a real. I got a real shot to make it to the big leagues after not thinking that I was even going to play minor league or professional baseball. So it was, it was a pretty cool change of events. Now, a couple of years in the minors there with, with the Yankees kind of moved, predominantly spent your time between high A and, and low A baseball there, which is, you know, or I'm sorry, high A and double A baseball, which is where, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of players end up spending a, a good portion of, of their career and that you're very successful there. You were, were a starter when you were pitching mainly at Eastern. You're now kind of a, a closer or the, and I've seen some, t- some of your stats where in some situations you've been the setup guy for the closer. Is that one of those things when the Yankees talked to you and drafted you, they kind of told you, hey, this is where we see you and project you, or is that something that develops as you're there working out with them for the first couple of times? Um, They kind of had that projection going into it, and it was actually it's kind of funny that it happened that way. When I first played for the Dans after my first year at Eastern, when uh, Jason Anderson sent me there, uh, I did well in that summer league, and one of the the writers of the the league said that if I had any chance of making it in professional baseball, it would be as as a reliever and not a starter, which I don't know who that guy is, but he, he made a good prediction. The fact that that's the only way. And um, the Yankees just, they thought that my repertoire of pitches was better suited for the bullpen. And I agree. I like the, uh, I like coming out of the bullpen better than starting um, in hindsight, but starting was great in college. I mean, a lot of pitchers, that become closers are usually starters in college. So I feel like that's just kind of the way of the road. Now, do you, now do you think you, you talk about that, having the ability now that you've done that both ways in your career, both been a starter, I guess maybe three ways, a, a, a relief pitcher out of the bullpen and then a closer. Do you feel that that helps you be a better pitcher now that you've you've been in all three of those phases so maybe you can understand the, the mental part of pitching as well as the physical part? Oh yeah, definitely. And like you said, there's, there's two parts and mentally as a starter, you got to be able to get the same batter out three or four times a game or you, that's your, your goal at least. But as a closer reliever, you usually only face that batter once, once, maybe twice a day, um, depending on how long you pitch, but it's definitely a, uh, I, that's what I liked about it is just going out there and just kind of giving it your all for an inning or two rather than having to kind of, elongate your uh, stamina and everything like that as a starter. Um, so that it's, it's definitely two different, you know, types of animals, I guess. Now, you, like we, we said, you pitched primarily in, in high A with, with the Tampa team, which is in the Florida State League. And then you also pinched with Trenton, which is in the, the Eastern League, the double A franchise. 
yes. what is what would you characterize as maybe the to the average fan what is the maybe is there a big difference between high a and double a or is it pretty much the the same and more guys just have uh, to get called up from trenton as they do from tampa i think that uh it's definitely a difference there's a lot more consistency and when you get to double a it's more because people in double a you can see the finish line of the big leagues when you're kind of in high a you still got two places to jump up to and some people get selected from the big leagues out of double a so sometimes people jump triple a but it, i would definitely say the discipline of the hitters the, just the overall like i said consistency ability and i mean because throughout the organization whether you go to short season high a double a triple a everybody's talented but it just depends on if they bring it on a daily basis or maybe they have one good game and then they have five slump games. Whereas the double A AA and triple A and obviously the big leagues, you have those people that can put it together for, you know, every game and make it, if you don't come with your A game, then they'll, they'll make you feel it. Now, I think there's two different parts to minor league baseball. And I don't think sometimes the average fan understands these. I, I learned a little bit of this working and on that side of it, as well as, you know, being a little bit of a fan is there's the fun fan experience part. And then there's the ba the baseball side. And what I don't think the average fan understands is the baseball side, the winning and losing is fun, but they're trying to evaluate the guys on what, how they're going to project to possibly make a major league roster. And so sometimes a, a lineup or, you know, a pitching order and things like that are based on, somebody three levels up at the major league level deciding, Hey, we need to see this guy get X amount of at bats is did, do you feel like you were ever caught kind of in that numbers game sometimes where maybe that benefited you or kind of worked against you? Um, not really. I mean, I, I mean, each organization, they have their, their vision for players. So if they want to see somebody, you know, get, I guess that, that number of at bats, it depends. But if you go out there and you, you really blow them away from the first, you know, first outing, first at bat, first, you know, first pitch. You can you can scooch away up there without having to avoid that type of goals of how many at bats or how many innings you need to pitch. And um, I think uh, it, the hard, like the higher you go up, definitely the harder it takes to to shoot up right away. You can go through the minor, the the lower levels pretty quickly depending on how you play. But once you get to that double, triple A, you got a a pretty good group of people that are doing the same thing that you are so when you double a triple a is when you need to start separating yourselves which sometimes you can sometimes you can't because everybody's doing good and it's just kind of there's a lot of luck involved as well as talent okay and then we talk about the baseball side but there's also the fun side and as a guy that's in the in the bullpen you could probably get to watch a lot more of the game than than other guys is oh yeah it, is there a, a, a favorite place when you guys went on the road that you guys would always, that you got excited about going there because, you know, Hey, their fans are, are going to be, you know, kind of into the game and make it exciting, or they did, you know, some sort of unique promotions that kind of made it exciting for you as a fan, just kind of to watch. Oh yeah. There is a, there's a definitely a couple of places, but um, I would say up in uh, the Rockies double A, they had a, really nice stadium and our bullpen was out in left field and it was right. You were right at the same level as the, uh, the first row of fans. So you had a, some pretty fun conversations with them and they were, uh, you know, they give you a hard time sometimes, but they would also be, be pretty good people and 
just kind of have good conversations with you, but it was, it was always a good atmosphere. And um, they actually played for when we, we clinched our division with that, that same game. And it was, there was a lot of fans screaming at you. A lot of, I, I was fortunate to close that game out and it was one of the coolest times because the stadium was packed and everybody was, you know, cheering or booing, but me and my teammates, we had a really fun time and just kind of absorbing all of that energy was, was pretty cool. Now, the other thing that uh, people, they get, they see the allure of Major League Baseball and they know they stay in the fancy hotels and things like that. Single A, double A, those, those are not quite that. A lot of, a lot of probably overnights on, on, on the bus. Is there any, anything you guys kind of did to kill the time on the bus to make them go a little bit faster? Or is, or is it, is it more like what people, if they've ever seen like Bull Durham, is it kind of like that on a bus? <laughs> Um, well, it's actually, we were fortunate once you get to double eight, we got two buses. If, okay. uh, if the, if the, uh, the travel was over four hours, I believe it was, but it was, it, you would have one, like a fun bus and a quiet bus. And, you know, some people would be playing cards and stuff like that. I actually always brought my video game system on and just kind of, I was kept to myself and just kind of played my video game in the quiet bus just cause I like to, I like to sleep on the bus and just relax. But there's also time and places for having some fun and playing with the cards and stuff. Now, the other thing that you get to do, you travel around, you see a lot of interesting places in, in, in the country. Is there a, I don't know how much you were able to ever get out or I know, I know the routine is you get in, you go to the ballpark, you go back to the hotel, you go to bed, play the game. Did you ever have downtime? And if so, was there a, you know, a favorite city that you went to that as a, you know, you thought, Hey, when I'm done playing ball, maybe I'd want to go back there as a tourist one of these days. Yeah, actually, uh, there's two places. Well, obviously, uh, when I was in Trenton, we had uh, a day off before the, the playoff started. So me and a buddy went to uh, took the train from Trenton to New York City and kind of just walked around the Big Apple, and it was it was pretty cool. We went to a actually went to a place that um, one of the chefs on the Food Network told us that the best burger in New York. So we we actually took a trip there and had a little fun down there and then the uh the red sox double a up uh can't believe i can't remember what the state was but it had the best lobster that i've had in a while and it was just kind of a cool little seaside town and it had a you know boat docks and stuff like that so it was kind of a cool uh cool town just to walk around during an off day and see all the history that that the that place had to offer now for you, Matt, you started your career at Kansas State and you transferred to Eastern at Kansas State. I know you started and you were in a closing role, had some arm issues and then transferred to Eastern. What was it about Eastern that that maybe attracted you to want to come here and continue your collegiate baseball career? Uh, actually, it's all to Jason Anderson. He he brought me in. He He had known my brother before uh, I was even transferring and he kind of talked to my brother and Jason was the pitching coach at the time uh, and he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to come and I was ecstatic to come. I, I like the Eastern. I like how uh, it's a big school with a small town kind of feel to it. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. You know, the people are great down there and uh, I know he's turning it around there with uh, with baseball as of the past couple of years. So he's, um, he's basically the reason why I came. So I, I owe a lot of my success to Jason. So. And then when I, I always look back and I try to ask people this kind of question is, you know, do you have a favorite kind of memory, maybe a favorite, a favorite game from when you were, were here at Eastern, whether that be a road could be as simple as, you know, getting on the bus and, you know, 
going to a certain trip with guys, or maybe it was, you know, a big outing you had pitching for the Panthers? Um, there's a couple, but I would say when we, uh, when we beat Arkansas, one of the games, one of our first trips down there, and since I had played at K-State, I had played at a couple of, you know, bigger stadiums such as, you know, uh, Arkansas and, um, you know, Texas and Baylor and all them. But then, so a lot of the players, my teammates hadn't been to a place that was that big. So whenever, when we beat them, I know everybody was very excited and uh, just kind of starstruck and awestruck that we, we went into that place and beat a team that was ranked like that. So it was, it was a pretty cool feeling seeing everybody that was just, you know, grinning from ear to ear, even though we, I think we lost the first two games by a lot. We won the third game. So that's all that matters. And then kind of my final question for you, you, talk, you touched on Coach Anderson and kind of how he's gotten some things turned around. You were the first of, of a handful of guys that, that have been able, been able to sign or get drafted for professional contracts. I know that fraternity is kind of small, but do you, you guys have in common the fact that you, you know, played at Eastern Illinois? Do you ever happen to play against any of those guys? And if so, has there ever been a time where you kind of can just chat with them? Or have you guys – I know the minor leagues are bigger than I – then I think people think, and maybe you just haven't had a chance to cross paths. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to, because I know most of the uh, people that have played with them or in the minors are on uh, the Arizona or the West side of the, the country. So I haven't got a chance to play against any of them, but I have re Jimmy uh, reached out to me once I got picked up by the Rangers because we're, they're all out in Arizona for spring training. So Going into this spring training, I'll be able to catch up with them and see them and hopefully play against a couple of them too. Okay. Well, Matt, I do appreciate your time. Once again, congratulations on being picked up in the Rule 5 draft and best of luck to you this year with the Rangers. Hopefully that, uh, that works out well for you. You could start up high and maybe get an opportunity to, to be pitching in that new ballpark they have down there in Arlington. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I appreciate it, though. Thank you. I right, appreciate it. Thank you, and have a Merry Christmas. All right. You too. Take care.